0: Indian Matchmaking is a reality series on Netflix that went viral during the pandemic and just released season two. I got a chance to sit with the castmates and interview them on my podcast. Whether you're all for arranged marriage or want to swipe left or swipe right, This series on Indian matchmaking has something for everyone. I've partnered with a brand that I love, The Chai Box, because nothing says I love you like a warm cup of chai. I also caught up with the founder, Monica Sunny, on how she built her brand, which caught the attention of Oprah. We'll talk about chai meditation and the rituals that the castmates have around chai time. So this Valentine's Day, the Chai Box presents behind the scenes with the cast of Indian Matchmaking only on That's Total Mom sets. So sip your tea while they spill the tea. Oh, vale, vale. See you there. Hi, listeners. It's Kanika. This week, I interviewed the success story of Netflix Indian Matchmaking series, Viro Joshi and Ashe Shah. I actually got a chance to meet Ashe in person in New York, which is really great when you can put a face to the person. Viro and Ashe are so laid back and they complement one another's personalities beautifully. We talked about how they worked with matchmaker Sima Taparia to find their ideal match, having a first date with the entire family, and how they're navigating their long distance relationship. Absence makes the heart grow fonder after all. Tune in. So continuing on with the Indian matchmaking series on that mom Sense, today I have two very special guests with me who are Sima Auntie's only success story, Viral and Ashe. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're
0: happy to be here. Viral, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up and, you know, we, we got a glimpse watching the show for, but for those who haven't seen it yet, what was it like growing up in the States for you? And, you know, what were some of the values that your parents passed on?
2: So I grew up an only child, you know, I got a lot of attention from both of my parents. It was a little bit of a helicopter parenting situation, but I think that's what my parents knew and that's all they kind of, I guess, knew how to navigate parenthood growing up an only child and having that constant attention does allow my parents to really, you know, fine tune exactly what values and beliefs that they want to instill in me. Um, A few of those being like, of course, family values. I feel like we hear that a lot on the show. And I think that's a big component, especially our Indian culture. Um, And I'm glad we were able to capture a little bit of that on the show. My dad is, was very pivotal in instilling confidence He started when I was younger, he would set little mini goals for me. Okay. By the end of the day, have all of this completed. And it would be like the smallest things like, you know, make your bed, brush your teeth, et cetera, et cetera. But knowing that at the end of the day, I was able to accomplish those things. I felt satisfied. Those little things helped me build confidence. And then I carried that same trend as I got older. And so I think the little value of reminding myself that I'm a strong woman, that's something my dad has always told me. He was like, I always wanted a girl even when they get married, they're closer to their parents. When I found out you were a girl, I like love that. And that's another like family values thing. He was like, I want my daughter to be close to me. You know, whenever I wanted to like cry or feel sad about something, he always told me to like keep my chin up and keep moving forward. And even during this whole dating process, a lot of times I wasn't comfortable talking to him, but then at the same time, he was the only person I felt comfortable talking to my dad's an accountant. So, and there's like that financial analytical. So he would never let me get down. He would always kind of like pull me back up to like the 50,000 foot view and say, okay, this is the big picture here. This is like one little hiccup or bump along the way, just keep moving forward. So a lot of those things came from my parents
0: for sure. Ashley, what about you? I know you were raised in India and so had a completely different worldview at the time.
1: So I was born in India and then We've been to the U.S. a few times before then. So my dad's a lawyer. We were kind of contemplating coming to the U.S. And he initially wanted to practice in the U.S. So we went to California. That's where his uh, brother lives. He's a, he's a doctor there. So we went there. And the, he's the first one that actually came to the U.S., my dad's brother. My dad was like, oh, well, let, let's go, go to California and see if that's some place that we want to stay in the U.S. So, you know, we came here, you know, we passed the bar exam. And... He just didn't find the mode of practice in the US was something that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do like you know law back home. Like he wanted to open his own practice. He felt more connected to the people back home. So yeah. we decided to move, to move back. And then we came back again a few times to visit like family and stuff. Fast forward a few years later, they asked me if I wanted to come to the US for education because my grandpa, he told my dad, he's like, why don't you send one of your kids to America? You can stay with us. We'll take care of him. We'll put him through school all that good stuff. So that my, my parents, they asked me when I was like 11, they're like, Hey, do you want to go to America? You know, stay with grandparents and, uh, and uncle. And I only know the fun times of, we're on vacation. We have all these cousins, all these family members here. So we're, I'm like, Oh yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. You know, I wasn't even thinking about school. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. So then my dad came with me to drop me off to my uncle's place Mm -hmm. in St. Louis. You know, they migrated from like California to St. Louis. They had just moved five years prior. So and then my dad left like a month later I went back home so then it really hit me i'm like oh i'm here by myself now like parents aren't here brothers aren't here i'm here not alone but you know when your parents aren't here and when you're 12 you're definitely going to feel like feel like you know you're you're isolated from from your family right so but i had a lot of a lot of loving family members like in the household so i had three cousins that i grew up with and then my aunt and uncle who you know treated me like their own own child so I definitely had a good support system. They never made me feel like I was away from family because I was with family. So, you know, I'd never felt the shortage of parents just because, you know, they, you know, they nurtured me in their household. So, and then, you know, I did undergrad here and then, you know, optometry school and just, you know, the wheels just kept rolling from there.
0: Dating. What was that like? Did you feel open to talking to your family members back home about it or here? Because, you know, once you're, it's so funny, it's like you're an undergrad and it's just study, study, study. As soon as you graduate, it's like, get married. What was that? Like, how'd that play out for both of you?
2: My parents, they both got married later in life. And at that time they were married at 32. So my parents always instilled in me that it's important, you know, even if it takes a long time, the person meant for you will find you. Marriage is something that's supposed to be forever. You would rather like wait to find the right person, even if it takes a little bit longer, than to hurry up and get married because of some arbitrary timeline that society has put on us that really has no meaning. It's just something we say. And especially like as more women get advanced in their careers and things like that, relationships do take a little bit of a back burner position. But my parents always told me it's better to wait for the right person. Then they get married young and then, you know, have a messy divorce or you stay in there for life and you're unhappy. And then, even when I was like dating in college, um, I would try and have as open of a conversation with my parents as possible because I knew that if they understood that, hey, I'm at least trying or I'm putting myself out there, there would be a little bit of like, they understand, oh, she is trying. Like, it's not like she's just sitting there twiddling her thumbs. My parents are like, are you trying? Like, what are you waiting for? Et cetera, et cetera. I'm not even kidding. When I say this, I would take my phone, open a dating app that I was on and I would screencast it to the TV and sit in the living room with my parents and say, see, I'm trying. These are my matches. These are the conversations. (laughs) And then I I think what helps is when you have that transparency with your parents, the pressure comes off a little bit because they know you're trying. And then I think they can understand a little bit like, oh, they didn't date. Right. Like my parents are truly really an arranged marriage. They met on their wedding day. And so when you have when you have like a dating app, it's a concept they don't understand. Having that open communication takes a lot of the
0: pressure off. Ashley, what about you? Do you feel like you kept things close to the chest or you were just like, okay, I'm gonna just tell them what it's like.
1: Yeah, a little bit of both actually. So initially I kept everything close to the chest because I'm a very like private person, just in general. So like when I first started dating, like during you know undergrad or you know, even through college. I never would like open up and talk to you know family members about like if I was having any kind of like troubles in the dating world or any kind of issues relationship wise. Every time they would ask me, I'd be like, "Oh, things are going well. You know, I'm I'm dating around, seeing how things go." But I would never open up. Indian parents, they're always like, "Oh, you're not seeing anyone. You're not dating anyone. (laughs) You haven't seen pictures of any of these people. You haven't met any of these people." My parents, being in India, they get a little bit more more progressive, but they, they do get a little bit more worried just because you know they're older son is not married. So, mm. you know, even though I would reassure them that, you know, things are going well, I'm dating because I, I don't like that added pressure of timelines. And I don't like the pressure that society and people put on you that, Hey, you have to get married by this age. It's time to get married. What's the next step. Although I do take those things and, you know, analyze those within my own, own mind and take the necessary steps. I don't like the timeline. So that's why I never like divulge any information to like my family members. And then my, my mom, she's like, oh, you need to go to these uh, marriage conventions. You need to go to these, uh, meet these people that, that are close to your family, friends. They have this daughter. They're asking about you. What do you want to do? At first, I was like, no, I don't want to meet anyone. I just want to do things on my own. And then just to kind of, you know, make my mom happy. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll do it. I'll meet uh, where you want me to meet. And then see how things go. Just have an open mind. Even when I went back to India, I've done the things where, you know, go to the village, meet a girl. And then go, you know, talk in private and then see how, how things go and see if there's a girl that I like. So, you know, some like, a few years back, I think my mom's like, why don't you come to India? Spend maybe like a week here. We'll look at all these girls and then see what you want to do. And then we'll get you married. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it works. I'll talk to the girl that you want me to talk to. No problem. I'm not the type of person that can just go to India, pick someone and get married.
0: Right. You know,
1: I have family members that have done that. And, you know, I see that they're very happy and it's worked out for them. But for me, I think like marriage is a big, big investment and it's a big part of your life. And, you know, so I, I want to make sure I make the right decision and get to know someone better. You know, throughout the years, I've started to involve my parents more in my relationships, right? For the past, maybe like, you know, three, four years, I've kept them in the loop. So I, I now I tell them everything about my relationships, right? So, you know, my brother, I talk, I've talked to him about stuff all the time like him and my sister-in-law i've talked to them about stuff even before my parents but then now i'm getting my parents involved you know one it'll put their mind at ease seeing that i'm you know actually putting the effort in dating and then so now i i'm pretty open with my parents about that stuff and they're pretty they're very understanding it's a good feeling to have to you know be able to talk to parents and they're they understand where you're coming from they understand the dating world nowadays as well right
0: now enter indian matchmaking how you find out about the casting, what were auditions like, and then when you finally got the call that it's like, we want you on the show.
2: Me and my friend have this favorite restaurant back home because we know we're going to eat so much food at this restaurant. I don't eat all day because I'm like ready for it. Believe it or not, it's relevant. So a long time ago, I was like an extra in Iron Man 3 when they came to my college to film. And on that set, I had the best crepes I'd ever had in my entire life. And at the time, I didn't understand that the production was probably contracting with like a local crepe place. I thought, oh my God, it's Robert Downey Jr. Of course, the crepe people travel with him. So I'm sitting there waiting in the parking lot of this restaurant. And all of a sudden, those crepes come in my mind. So knowing the logic that the crepes follow the production, I'm like, okay, I need to get on a set. (laughs) That's what I did. And then, so I'm sitting in my car waiting for my friend and I just Google casting near me. I guess my phone, you know, knew I was on dating apps, looking like an Indian person, looking for another Indian person that, oh my wow. that Okay. even when I was like near me, the first hit that I got was casting for an Indian dating show. And then I read the description and I was like, I know what dating show this is. Like I can put two and two together. And then I just applied it was a very long application process, a lot of vetting. Um, I was interviewed, I think for like a total of like five hours over the course of a few months. And then my parents for an hour, and then you submit all these photos of yourself and then they pick you and then they call you. And I remember production calling me and then I was like, okay, what's the next step? And they were like, we want to follow you and your story. We think you're a very compelling and exciting and unique person. You're definitely someone we want. And I think... We see that on this show with um, yeah. just how long the coverage of like, my story
0: was. And what about you, Ashley? How'd you find out about the show?
1: I actually, so I watched season one and I was a big fan of season one, right? And i always joked around with my, my friends and family. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, one day I'm going to be on one of these dating shows. And they're like, oh, you'd be perfect for that. They're like, you should definitely like, apply it. And I'm like, no, that's never going to happen. Like, there was an Instagram post, want to be on Indian matchmaking season two, click this link and apply here. So I was just sitting around watching football on a Sunday afternoon and I'm like, ah, why not? So I applied. It was a long application. So I'm like, like, wow, this is, is it even worth it. And I applied it Took me like, you know, 30 minutes to plot the application or whatever. The following week I saw something where it said, Oh, you know, if you want to be into matchmaking, you have to submit a one minute video and that's how they select you. So I'm like, oh, okay, that application that I filled out, was probably something fake. And then like a month later I got a call from one of the, The scouts that was was kind of scouting for in Imagine Making season two, and then he asked me to submit some photos. He's like, "Okay, I'll forward those over over to the producers. They'll get back to you." A couple weeks after that, the producers of the show they reached out to me. They wanted to do a Zoom call with me. So we did like a Zoom call, and then they're like, "Oh, we 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 think you'll be great for the show. We'll reach out to Simanti, and she will be in touch with you." And then I got a call from Simanti, and then we did like a like a Zoom call. And then she's like, okay, well, you know, I'll I'll look for matches for you. It might take a couple of weeks. It might take a couple of months. I'll be in touch with you whenever. So then a week later, she reached back out to me or they reached back out to me saying that they had found a match for me. And then I wonder, I'm like, oh, I wonder who it is. I had no idea who it was. So I'm like, oh, is it somebody in New York? Is it somebody like long distance where it's going to be? And then I asked them and then they said, oh, it's a girl in North Carolina. And we think she'd be great for you. So then that's how the whole process kick started.
0: Simanti. I feel like that's a whole discussion in itself. I love that she's like the most loved and hated on the show. What was it like kind of meeting her and and having it all unfold? I remember when I met her for
2: the first time and everyone sees it on camera, but I think the way the camera is, you don't see my facial expression, but I don't know what it is, but I was in such awe of her I I opened the door and she's like hi Viral and I'm like like she's really here like and it it doesn't she is an Auntie and she's gonna ask you some very hard questions and at that moment like in time I was like oh my god from season one I do think she gives people quality matches on paper. I thought all the matches were strong. So I was like, okay. And then it's up to the couple, of course, to take it from there, whether there's chemistry attraction, et cetera. But I was like knows what she's doing. Everything I've been doing is obviously not working because I'm still single, right? Keep an open mind, try something new. Um, What's the worst that could happen? Oh, it didn't work out. Well, it's not working out already for me anyway. So nothing different. So I give her a tour of my house and then we sit at my dining room table and we start having the checklist conversation. And it was hard, you know, because it's ultimately auntie's a stranger, right? And she's asking me these very personal questions like, okay, this is your checklist. Why is this important to you? Why is that important to you? And it comes off a little bit like a grilling in the moment. This is her job and this is her way of working. And again, whatever I've been doing hasn't been working. So let's try it her way. And she is a successful Indian matchmaker. Of course, we don't see that many on the show, but she has many successful matches. Having that open conversation that I had been having with my parents, I started having it with her. She would, after all of my dates, she would call me, how'd it go? What do you think? What do you think? And then I would give her like the feedback. And then what's nice is that the next match I got after the initial feedback had that quality improved. Like each time we get better and better, like the matches do improve. So I think we're going to get there.
0: What about you, Ashid? What were your you know, impressions of seeing auntie um, on the Zoom and then when you met her?
1: When she first called me, it was like talking to an auntie at, at like a wedding. Like her demeanor is very like, calm, cool, collected. So she just kind of wanted to know me a little bit better, right? So she just asked me about my upbringing, what I was looking for, what I'm looking for in life, in relationships. She's very open and receptive to like my needs. And then she's like, okay, I'll, I'll reach back out to you in a couple of weeks and we'll kind of take it from there.
0: I would say, let's pare it down. What are your top three, she says, criteria yes. but it's like qualities or whatever you want to say that you look for that I guess you found in each other, which is so beautiful. So what's the top three for you, girl? Speaking the
2: language and like maintaining and retaining that culture. That's number one.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Number two, I guess a value for education. Ashley's obviously gone through like grad school and things like that and has that value. Like, oh, you know, I want a good life for myself and I want to take the educational route to get there. And then number three, the family. You know, he's very, very close to his family. He spends a lot of time with them, keeping in touch with them. I'm not as good about it, unfortunately. And I, I own that. But seeing him inspires me to be better with my family. So I know that after after being with him, I do call, I do make more of an effort with my own family. And then of course, you know, when he's like a dad and things like that, I already have kind of a perspective of what kind of Husband and father, he has the potential to be right, and so I think those are all very beautiful things. And I learned from him a lot.
1: And what about you, Asha? Family values are obviously they're the most important to me because you know I, I do have a big family, and you know being away from my own like my parents has like you know got me closer to them as well, right? So when I was in St. Louis in the Midwest, I had like family there that like mm-hmm. you, I could any day of the week I could just go over and you know go for dinner, just drop in randomly, and I would wouldn't be weird. So, you know, I had family and friends when I was in St. Louis, once I moved to New York, I didn't know anyone in the city that definitely made me realize I'm like, Oh, I have no one here, you know, in in terms of family, that's when it hits you that, you know, family definitely is important to me. And, you know, in the future, I want to be somewhere where I have family close to me, Mm -hmm. like, you know, in distance. Right. So I I want, I want that definitely just because, you know, I understand the value because, you know, when I first moved here, the hardest, hardest part for me was uh, around like Christmas and Thanksgiving time when, Everyone's like going to their families. I'm like in New York, and I'm like, oh, you know, I have to like travel to like see family, like travel far away to see family. So luckily, you know, I had friends that you know I, I went over to their house, did like a, like a family celebration with them and things like that. So that was definitely good. But it, you know, when it's your own family that's far away from you, that's when you realize you're like, oh, this is different because that was the first time I think in my life that I I was completely away from like my own family for like like the holidays, right? So that's I think the most important to me, and then I think also like ambition in life I think is very important to me as well because. Everyone has room to grow. We're growing constantly every day. You know, we try to find ways to to grow ourselves mentally, physically, you know, in every single way, right? So that's what I look for in in a partner as well, just the ambition to grow as well. And I think, you know, like Viril, you know, with her job, I think she's climbed up the ladder pretty pretty rapidly, I think, from you know, past few years with the new job and everything. So I think that's really good that I she put that out there. And then now she's where she's at right now because of that, because of the hard work that she put in, right? So that's one thing I look for as well. But then also someone who likes to stay like physically active, someone who likes that lifestyle, because, you know, that's, it's important to stay healthy and you have all these resources to do that. Right. So I definitely feel like that's an important part of like my life. And I want to share that with someone.
0: Okay. So now tell us about what it was like when you first had your first encounter. It's like this Bollywood belly mulakat kind of moment.
2: (laughs) Oh my god! So I had had two dates that didn't work out. And you know, at that point, you get a little bit dejected. You're like, everything I've tried on my own doesn't work. Everything was c D. Now this isn't working. And then you start to panic a little bit inside. You start having those thoughts in your head again. Like, oh, I'm never going to find someone. Or, oh my God, now what do I do? Or, oh my God, now I have to go back to the dating app. That was the biggest one for me. Then they call me and they're like, oh, we have another match for you. I'm like, okay, you know, and, and I committed to the process, you know, so I didn't want to quit. You know, I, I told them like, yes, I'll, I'll see this through fully. So I embraced a new match with open arms and then he rings the doorbell, keep an open mind. Don't let the, you know, past not working out impact you here. And then I unlock the door, I open it. And the first thing I see is this huge bouquet of flowers. And then I see like him poke his head out behind from behind it. And then to me, that felt like, you know, he came to my house for the first time. He made an effort to bring me something. You know, he was very warm and welcoming and smiley. Like when we like as soon as I opened the door. Right. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, it, it helped me let my guard down to a little bit and kind of forget what I had just been through with a few of the previous matches. And then, you know, you feel a little bit giddy, you feel a little bit excited. And then like I got nervous because I'm like, oh, my parents are upstairs. So, yeah. Now I, now I don't know how this is going to go. I'm meeting him for the first time with my parents. It's a little
0: intense. Did you feel nervous actually when you were, you know, interacting? You're just, you know.
1: I didn't know like weeks in advance that that's what I was doing, right? So I, I didn't have any time to like mentally prepare for that day to happen, right? So I was like, okay, oh, cool. I'll, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll go with it and see, see what happens because I'm open to anything that they have said, right? So these are experiences that you live through, right? Like, so I'm very open to like any, any kind of experiences. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll, whatever they want me to do, you know, l- let's go with it with an open mind and see what, see what comes of it. So they tell me they're like, okay, you're gonna, you know, first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna meet her and her parents at her house for the first time. So me, me meeting her for the first time was when I met like her parents for the first time too. So it's kind of all happened in like one day. I don't think I felt nervous in the moment, I didn't, but then I knew when I actually would see them for the first time. That's when something would probably happen, right? Like me being nervous for maybe maybe a couple of minutes or whatnot. So that's what I was projecting, right? And then when I actually met them, it was actually very, there was no nerves at all. It kind of just everything just flew so effortlessly, right? Everything, I didn't have any like, like hesitation or any kind of, you know, regrets in even doing it because her parents were very like warm and welcoming. And her, of course, she's very, you know, giddy and things like that. So it was very, uh, it was very easy. Like I didn't have to like try to put on a front, try to be somebody else that I wasn't. They're very like warm and welcoming. So it kind of made me feel at home. It kind of made me feel, you know, these people aren't here to judge me. They're just wanna, they just want to know me a little bit better.
0: What advice do you have for those who are in your shoes and they're watching and they're just like, I hope I find my person and time's ticking?
2: Yeah, um, I think it's, always, it's important to remember that, you know, marriage is a goal you have in life, but there are career goals. There are education goals. There are finances that we all have before we want to meet our person. For me, I knew I wanted to make like X salary before I meet someone, or I wanted to be debt-free before I meet someone. And I think it's important to work on those goals as well. And it builds character. So if you're you no, know, you spend time with yourself and enjoy being single. And that's something my friends always told me. They were like, because once you're in a relationship, once you're married, you're never going to be alone again. Always remember that the person meant for you will find you, even though it may seem impossible remember that the timelines are what someone, someone else has set those on you. You, know, you have to move at your own pace. We all don't move at the same timeline. And I know it's easier to say that from where I am now, because when I was on the opposite side of the fence, I felt the same things. And when my friends would tell me that, I would be like, oh, you just don't get it. Having been through it and like making it to the other side a little bit, I can say, you know, just keep that in mind. There is some validity to those statements.
1: You just have to take your time because I think if you rush into things, then you, you might have regrets later on down the, down the line saying that, hey, why didn't, why didn't I you know, give it a little bit more time? Why didn't I get to know the person a little bit better? Because I, I know people that have rushed into it and then they end up, end up getting divorced or end up you know, just regretting that they made the decision to, to jump in. It's very important to take your time, go at your own pace. Don't try to put on a front because you can't do that for, for years and decades on out, right? You, you have to, that wears down. You have to be yourself. And then if the person likes you for who you are, great. If they don't, then move on. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. There's going to be somebody that likes you for who you are.
0: How are things now? You guys are, I guess, months out of when the show was released and we're filming even before that and are doing such a great job with the long distance relationship, a very necessary testament to a strong relationship. I, I went through that with my husband as well. And I, love that we had that. And we went to different cities all the time. How are you both in the present day?
2: We're good. We're obviously long distance and that does have its pros and cons, you know, the con being, you know, we're not together 24 seven. Actually, even if we were in the same city, I don't think we'd be together 24 seven, but you know, today the weather is beautiful. You know, he can't call me up and be like, Hey, you want to go get coffee somewhere real quick? Like, you know, we don't have, we can't have the, those spontaneous moments, everything yeah. is very planned. But I think what's a pro about long distance which I think is underappreciated is the quality of the communication that can develop and has the potential to develop because there always has to be an active conversation between us two about okay, when are we seeing each other next? If that's not an active conversation, it can create distance and then especially when you're already far away from each other, you don't you want to keep the distance as minimal as possible. What's nice is once we've established like, okay, this is how we're going to communicate because we don't have the body language to rely on, which is so important in communication that when we are together, it's, it's much easier to communicate because there's the body language there or see micro expressions and kind of figure out how he's feeling. And those are things that just further enhance the quality of the relationship. Overall things are, you know, what's nice is North Carolina is And New York, they're both on the East Coast. I think if this was a situation where I was in Texas or California or, you know, there was like a time zone difference, that would be pretty challenging. And luckily, we don't have to battle that. I know there are couples that do. Having that understanding that, you know, we're not the only ones dealing with the long distance, it helps. You know, there is another, there is a whole community of long distance relationships.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's it's going really well. She understands like what it takes to be in a long distance you can't be with a person every day. You can't, you know, if if she was in New York, I could, I could see her maybe, you know, two, three times a week. We'd be a lot further along, but you know, if we're a long distance, it's once every few weeks. So it kind of, we have to make those moments in between count and we have to kind of, you know, when we see each other, we have to kind of make up for lost time.
0: That's awesome. Well, we're rooting for you and we love seeing you both together. And I think it's just so sweet to see your relationship unfold. I know it's a lot to put yourself out there, and. You have this like world audience, but know that you're so genuine and authentic in who you both are and what you stand for. And to see it come together in this way is just its such a treat and like sending you all the positivity and blessings. Thank you so much to both of you. This was so fun. For sure. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. The Indian Matchmaking Series has been brought to you by The Chai Box, a premium tea company and one of Oprah's favorites right here in the U.S. I especially love the Chai Tonic, Coconut Mela, Hill Station, and Punjaban Party blends. And there's also a chai concentrate that you can have on ice. You can shop products at com, and remember to use my code MOMSENSE, M-O-M-S-E-N-S-E to receive 10% off. That's code MOMSENSE to receive 10% off at The Chai Box. A big, big thank you and big hugs to Viral and Ashe for joining me on the show. Thanks for being so honest and open. I know audience members are like, whew, I feel so seen right now. I remember my long-distance relationship, and it only made us stronger now that we're a family of five, and I wish both of you the best as you're going back and forth between North Carolina and New York. Enjoy the trips and enjoy the memories. You can follow them on Instagram. It's Joshi underscore and Shah underscore 18. And of course, my handle is at Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm going to be posting highlights of their episodes. So I can't wait for you to see that. And you can watch the entire thing on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. Just search That's Total Mom Sense, and you'll find it. Thank you to The Chai Box for being my sponsor for this series. You can follow them at The Chai Box. They have really unique blends of chai, which is, you know, Indian- For tea. I love that there's a kick cancer's ass chai, Parsi Dream, and Punjaban Party. Ah, it's just, there's so many different flavors, and the aromas are to die for. The chai concentrate is delicious. You just pour it over ice, and you have a nice chai. These blends are so authentic and are not infused by sugar, much like the concentrates that are served at your regular coffee shops. So you're gonna wanna try the chai box and all of their products. And here's a plus, Oprah loves them. They were on her favorite things list. So you know, you just know, it's good. Thank you, thank you, Oprah. Write to me at thatsoblamomsense at gmail.com if you have any comments or feedback. And as always, as you know the drill, Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review it. It helps a ton with the algorithms and for others to find the show too. Thank you for being in my tribe. Always remember to trust your mom sense and dad sense. Stay strong, super parents and families. See you soon. That's total mom sense.